All right, hello and good evening to everybody out there. You're watching Amateur Radio Roundtable. It's a show about ham radio. Ham radio, amateur radio, whatever you like to call it. If you're out there listening tonight on WBCQ, we welcome you. You're probably a shortwave listener. That's how many of us got started in uh, ham radio. I remember those days. Boy, I had a lot of fun shortwave listening. And uh, it's... People are still doing it. If you're out there listening on WBCQ on 7490, hey, shoot us an email to tom at w5kub, tom at w5kub.com, and tell us where you are in the world and how you're hearing the station. Love to hear from you. Also, if you will, tonight, if you will, hit that subscribe button. We need you to hit the subscribe button. It helps us out a whole lot. There you go. I'm pointing at it right now. I think I'm pointing at it. You guys have to tell me if that button's down there. I don't see it here, but I think it's down there somewhere. So, uh, and, uh, you know, maybe it's on a recorded version and not live. I don't know, but it's going to be down here. So please hit that subscribe button. And, uh, hey, we welcome everybody to join our Facebook group. Our Facebook group is called Amateur Radio Roundtable. It follows this group. Although uh, that's a really long name to type in. If you just type in W5KUB uh, into the Facebook search, it'll uh, it'll pull up the group, and we will approve you. And uh, we've got about 12,000, 13,000 hams in the group, and uh, you can get help on just about anything you need. We've got all types of people in there. So uh, please, uh, please go on our Facebook group. I mentioned WBCQ. We're on WBCQ every two, every Thursday afternoon. Our show is is broadcast every Thursday afternoon from five to seven p.m. on uh, uh, Eastern Time out of Monticello, uh, Maine, on uh, WBCQ. And for you guys that hey listen to podcasts, we're on about every podcast carrier out there: uh, iTunes, Google Play, iNet Radio, um, uh, all the different. Uh, uh, people out here are starting to carry us, and, and we're being picked up more and more podcast carriers uh, uh, every every week. So uh, we've got a lot of people. Uh, they're actually uh, uh, have actually sent me several emails of people that have listened just to the podcast. So we got all types of people. You got people that want to watch the video, or want to listen on shortwave, and then you got people that. Want to uh, listen to the podcast, maybe as they drive across town or go to work. So uh, we thank you for uh, being a part uh, of our group here. Uh, let's see what's going on. Uh, hey, Glenn, uh, how are you doing tonight, man? You, uh, you, you've been working uh, pretty hard today. Or you, you look pretty refreshed there, man. <laughs> yeah, had to go in today, got to go in tomorrow and Thursday and Friday. I mean, I just have to work for my living now. You know, we gotta gotta do something about that. But uh yeah, we're doing that. And then of course at night we're working on the book and stuff. So just rolling right along for right now. You know, biggest thing for me is you know, the weather's starting to change. It was, you know, still kind of a little warm this morning, but it cooled down after that front came through today. So I'm like, let's bring on the winter, bring on the cold. All right, man. Hey, it's cooled off a little here, but you know what? We boy, we had some wind. To, what was it today? Yeah, we did. I don't know if it was yeah. there yesterday. I think it was today. We had. Well, you remember I work for the power company, right? Yeah, yeah. Our our building lost power. Is that right? 
Well, I was hoping that we would lose power here, and uh, but we never did. Boy, the wind blew, and man, these hundred foot trees out here, you could, you know, you could hear them moving out there, and it dropped a lot of leaves. I got all my leaves up this week, and now my yard is covered in leaves again, man. Yep. I no, I'm it. not sure if we didn't pay our bill or whatever, but yeah, we our power yeah. went out for a minute or two this afternoon. Yeah, y'all might want to try to get power from somebody else. Uh, y'all keep losing <laughs> power like that. Man. Yeah, we might want to talk or, about or, that. Or, hey, I can help you there, man. We can put you in a home generator there at your office. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that, they just love me bringing that in. Yeah, yeah. We'll run it on uh, natural gas, you know, so uh, yeah. <laughs> that would work really good there. Okay. Well, hey, man, glad to see you. Look like you're doing good there. And, hey, I, 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 before the show, I heard you say that you don't have to go in the office but twice a week now. Yeah, that's going to be starting real soon that I'm going to go back to the two days a week in the office and three days working remotely. Yeah, that is, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's pretty cool there, man. Yeah, it's nice being able to work when you're sitting there in your pajamas with a cup of coffee. Yeah. Now, are you actually working, or are you doing other things? I want no, know I'm the, actually I working. Want to know the truth, you know. No, no they assign me uh, special projects, kind of thing. So, no, I'm I'm actually working for my living. Okay, well, that's good. That's good. I mean, our electric bills are getting so high. I didn't want to pay in. I didn't want to pay in a lot of people that we don't really need, you know, on the job. Yeah, but, yeah, you know, yeah. Okay. I, yeah. No, hey, no, hey, no. I, hey, hey, I got to buy new up, toys. That, okay? that brings up a that brings up a, a point here. Hey, man. I hear, hey, I hear 75%, I don't know if you guys have seen this, 75% of Twitter staff is going to get canned. Have you seen that? Yeah. Man, you know, Elon says he's going to he's gonna uh, lay off or fire 75% of the Twitter staff. And, you know, hey, that might work. You know, hey, the, the company I worked for before, big company, worldwide company, let me tell you, every year, when we do budgets, every department would put more and more people in. You know, we got this new project coming up, you know. Well, they forget about three or four years ago they kept asking for people, and those projects are all gone now, you know. Yep. But they just keep asking for people, and I bet you a lot of these places could trim a lot of people off, man. I mean, I hate to oh, hear, yeah. think about people losing their jobs, but, man. You man, betcha. Oh, man. Maybe we can trim some of the IRS agents off. Yeah, they got about 85,000 we can trim oh, right man. now. Don't get me talking about that one. Okay. <laughs> hey, hey, let's go to Rich there before he falls asleep up there in New Jersey. How you doing, Rich? I'm doing fine, thank you. And I, I am managing to stay awake. So, uh, all right. A scintillating conversation here to keep everybody awake. Yeah, well, we, we, we try to, you know, just cover all aspects of what's going on you know here in the beginning of the show so if if hey guys in the chat room if we uh if we forgot anything let us know in the chat room and we'll we can surely talk about it tonight uh we have the time to all right well hey hey uh rich why don't we just jump right yeah. into uh cq and let's all talk right. let's talk cq tonight and what do you got for us well for starters and uh i think i, I mentioned this uh when I was here two weeks ago, because we had a scheduling issue, but the, our calendars are, are in, but I didn't have one in my hand at the time. Now I have two. So I can, this is our uh, amateur radio calendar. The front cover is a montage of photos that Joe Eisenberg, K0NEB, shot at the Dayton Hampton. That's cool. Which was back for the first time in uh, three years in person. Uh-huh. And we've got all sorts of great pictures in there. I don't know what you can see to get this lined up with the camera here um from uh 
can't really do much here. I'll just well, yeah, this one's uh, we're doing pretty good. We're seeing them pretty good. Yeah, well, this is uh, a shot from uh, Yoda Camp. Oh yeah, three young yeah. ladies. Cool. Who are working satellites. Uh huh. And uh, we've got a second calendar this year. The uh, this is a fun one. The Hamshack Project Calendar. We uh, <clears throat> took pictures of different projects from articles in CQ over the past couple of years and and look for the most interesting most fun looking pictures and uh put them all together we've got this uh, real breadboard transmitter on the cover and uh <clears throat> we've got a uh, bunch of of other stuff here's another picture from joe's column this is uh, the morserino 32 uh -huh. that uh, he built as a Fancy code oscillator, and uh, out of all the projects are on a bench, of course, because we've got this one too. Hey, uh, it's really there, man. Yeah, I'm impressed. Your <laughs> one of your balloon projects, and it's uh, I think this is the one that went around the one of the ones that went around the world three times. Yeah. So we've got the tracking map on that, and you with the balloon in there. Oh, cool. And, uh, <laughs> so. Uh, these ca both calendars are available now. They are um, just go to our website at www.cq-amateur-radio.com. I believe they are fourteen ninety five each uh, plus postage, so uh, a good deal. You get them for yourself, for your friends, and uh, you can hang them all over the place well that's cool that's pictures. cool I, I i knew i made the first calendar i i had no idea i was in your second calendar there cool yeah that's yeah. nice yeah well keep the interesting pictures coming and we'll all right keep you in there we'll do that <laughs> so moving on to the november issue of cq um which this is a, a fun issue we've got uh we start out with an article we call contesting with wolves um it's a profile of the contest station ZV4SL. The SL stands for Serra de Lopo in uh, Brazil, and the Portuguese for Wolf Mountain. And this is a, a group of contesters who go up to the top of this mountain. It's kind of a mix between uh, summits on the air and hardcore contesting. They take a full contest station up with them to uh, the top of this mountain, and uh, set up in tents. I don't know how well you can see this because it's a black and white picture. But that's they operate there from a tent on a mountaintop, the Mount Wolf Mountain. Um, and uh, they set up and tear down. So it's kind of field day and summits on the air and dedicated contesting uh all uh, in one they, they set up next to a uh, th these will be in color in the magazine of course they set up next to the point where people jump off for hang gliding um so it's <laughs> all the people standing on the edge of the cliff there are waiting to go hang gliding and they're on the radio behind you here that is a fun story to, to start out with we've uh, speaking of contesting <clears throat> we've got the results of the 2022 WPX CW contest, and uh, they were uh, forget where they placed in that, but that was uh, I think they were active in this contest as well. 
Um, along the lines of contests, we've also got the rules for the 2023 CQ Worldwide 160-meter contest coming up uh, CW weekend last weekend in January and the single sideband weekend the last weekend in February. And uh, also the CQDX Marathon, which runs all year. That's uh, got the rules there. We have a new marathon director this year, John Sweeney, K9EL, has been doing this for 17 years now. And uh, he decided it was uh, time to pass the baton. So uh, we're going to be having the marathon in the capable hands of uh, Mark Walschlegel, W3. WC3W is his call. And uh, it's, he's got a lot of plans to grow the contest and uh, get more things connected with it. So it should be fun. Speaking of fun, we got, I, I love this article and what we were able to do with it. This one is called The Almost Heath Kit uh, by uh, N8RS. He's a gentleman who was a technician at Heathkit many years ago, and he uh, has the only existing SS8000 transceiver. This was the almost Heathkit. Um, It was designed in the end of the 1970s. Um, So all solid state, digital readouts, really top of the line for that time. And then Work 79 came along, and we got three new bands. So they scrapped the whole project and redid it as the SS9000, which Bob was the chief technician on. He built the prototype for it. Uh, He doesn't have a 9000, but he does have an 8000. He had to put it together from a box full of parts that uh, he found. And then we found... In, from 1984, our review of the SS9000, which uh, we're running as the CQ Classic for this month. So it's great when you can tie things together like that. We've also got a piece on using an HF Wyndham antenna on 50 megahertz. Uh, six meters is, was hot this summer and uh, still got some good stuff going on. There's been some TEP, trans-equatorial propagation from the southern tier of the U.S. down to into uh, South America. And uh, so it's a good time for an antenna article for six meters, especially when you can get an HF antenna to do double duty, or in this case, quadruple duty, because it's a multi-band HF antenna that you can now also use on six. Uh, good news for our shortwave listeners out there. Um, the... Jerry Dexter, our listening post editor, reports that the World Radio TV Handbook will continue to be published, both in print and digital. He's got uh, a little blurb on that in November and some more details coming up in his December column as well. So any of you who have uh, depended on the World Radio TV Handbook for the past however many years, many, many years, um, to give you a guide to what, where, and when on the shortwave bands, it will still be there. That's very good news. Our emergency communications editor, uh, K3PFW, writes about planning this month, and he starts it out with a quote from General Eisenhower, who said, plans are nothing 
planning is everything. And he goes on to explain the difference and uh, the importance of knowing the difference there. Uh, KZRO-NEB in his kit, column, kit building column offers some holiday gifts for builders. And this is a real good idea to do that in November with the supply chain issues being what they are. It's a good time to, uh, good idea to order anything you want for Christmas, probably now, and uh, hope that you'll have it by then. So uh, I will certainly wouldn't wait till the last minute ordering stuff. Um, our homing in editor, K0OV, has a report on the World Fox Hunting Championships in Bulgaria and some fox hunting at the Yoda Camp in Ohio. We had the pictures of the young ladies operating satellites. They also had a fox hunting competition there. Um, digital editor in 2IRZ has a report on the 41st annual Digital Communications Conference, which was uh, held in Charlotte, North Carolina this year. It's the 41st annual. I remember going to, I shouldn't say this, I date myself. I remember going to some of the very early ones hmm. um, back in the uh, mid-80s, I guess it was. Um, our awards column this month is about the Worked All Italian Provinces Award. This is, is something you can, most people can do pretty easily. You know, Italy is a very amateur active country, and it's uh, not difficult to work stations in Italy. So you got some, some great awards there that are offered by ARI, the National Association, for uh, different levels of accomplishment in working Italian provinces and uh, some other stuff as well so that's good award to go after our dx editor has a report on the not that can't speak northern california dx foundation's rib project that stands for radio in a box and this has the potential to really change the expeditions it is a self-contained station in a box and it's remotely controlled so people who are going on a de-expedition are, you know, one of the problems that we've been running into on big de-expeditions in particular is that a lot of places that are high on the most wanted list are also very ecologically sensitive, usually islands. Um, and the authorities are very reluctant to allow a group of people to go spend two weeks on the island and put up tents and and antenna masts and all sorts of stuff and tromp around on the ground and disturb the wildlife and the plants. So there's been more and more difficulty in getting approvals to operate from a lot of these places. And the radio in a box has the potential to, to make that a lot easier because what it is is a, a relatively small box of radio equipment uh, with one antenna that you can attach to it or maybe a couple. And you go in you put the box on the island, get it set up, and get the antenna set up, and then the, go back to your boat. And the team operates the station remotely from the boat. They're still down there. The transmitter and antennas are on the island, so it's, it's a valid de-expedition QSO. Um, but they are, are on in the safety of the boat, and the island is safe from uh, 
ecological damage as well, except for just, you know, going in to set it up and then coming back to tear it down. So this has a lot of potential to make it possible to operate from a lot of these ecologically sensitive areas. So that's a really good thing. And uh, looking forward to development of that. And finally, our uh, propagation editor, NW7US, writes about expected propagation for November. And uh, looking pretty good. Looking pretty good. Of course, as we move into winter, the uh, low bands get uh, better as the uh, seasonal noise from lightning decreases. And uh, the evening hours stretch out longer, so the nighttime bands are, are better. And all sorts of DX possibilities. And, you know, it's kind of like six meters. Uh, you go up to uh, the other end of the, of the HF spectrum. I know a lot of people think that uh, 80 and 40 meters and 160 are, are only good for local domestic QSOs. You know, maybe regional, you get on 40 and you can work a couple hundred miles. When you get on 40 at night, it's a whole different world. And you can work the world on 40 meters at night and 80 and 160 as well. So uh, don't be fooled by people who say that these are only regional bands. And that's uh, basically what we've got coming up in the November issue. It's uh, heading out from the printer now into the mail. And the digital edition will be online a week from now, on the 1st of November. And uh, that's basically it. I believe our um, subscription special is still going on with uh, an extra issue for each year you sign up for. So if you uh, sign up for one year, you get 13 issues. Sign up for two years, you get 26. Sign up for three years, you get 39. So it's a, a really good deal. So you can... Go to the same address you'd go to to order your calendars, please do, www.cq-amateur-radio.com. Click on the store button, pick your favorite calendar, pick your preferred subscription term, and uh, we can get you taken care of real quickly. So that's what I've got for you this All right. Month, well, hey, um, sounds like uh, interesting uh, articles are coming up there. Can't wait to see them, and you know this radio in a box thing. That's kind of a a unique deal. I mean, now if a ship is in the water uh, near the island, wouldn't that still count as the island? Yeah, and they, you know what really counts is not where the operators are; it's where the radio and the antenna are. Yeah, but let's um, say, for instance, if um, if 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 there was a ship. And they were operating in a ship, say it, say it right. They were anchored off of Hurt Island. I mean, that would still be classified as Hurt Island, right? Even if you're on the ship. I think that the station, for DXCC purposes, the station has to be on the land, on oh, the wow. island. Yeah. Um, and uh, so you couldn't operate from the ship, even in the waters of that territory. You know that, yeah. Well, and have hey, it count. I mean, there was, you know, there was a, a big, uh, a lot of, of big controversy way back in the '60s and '70s about some DX positions where the operator claimed to be on the island, but actually was uh, on the ship oh, off the yeah. island at the time. Yeah. And uh, so this would would avoid a repeat of that by yeah, putting so the station 
on the island, but the operators would would have, <clears throat> you know, the be the relative safety of, of the ship. They'd get real food. Um, they wouldn't have to sleep on the ground with uh, all sorts of critters coming into their tents. So it would be better for them and uh, better for the island and uh, for all those critters and plants that are not going to be disturbed by having a bunch of people running right. around. Well, I'd like to uh, I'd like to see some more detail on that. For for instance, you can't just put a box on an island, man. You got to have generators running and gasoline in those generators, or maybe a power source or something. I don't know. Uh, well, the the article this month uh, has a lot of, of those details in it, so uh-huh. uh, you can take a look at it, and uh, you can find out more. Maybe you can get somebody from uh, Northern yeah. California DX Foundation to. Uh, Join you one evening and yeah, that might be it. that might be Even a good topic detail. to have have someone on here about the um, the radio in a box and just talk about it. You know, uh, it's a new concept and uh, that'd be cool. I do have a lot of questions. You know, well, you know, you could get one of those big batteries that'll you know eighty five amp hour batteries and just set it out there and then swap it out, charge it while on the boat or whatever. Yeah, yeah I guess. You know, or like Mark's got in the, the chat room, just a long extension cord back to the ship. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's this really cool thing called solar power. Yeah, I think I'm looking to see if I've got something that jumps out at me here on power. I can imagine that solar um, would be good. Now, uh, of course, it'd have to, you know, run on battery at night. And, of course, all that's possible. But, you know, a lot. Of, I think, that doesn't a lot of these uh, the expeditions run a little bit of power? I mean, they're not just all low power are they well they don't you know not necessarily uh it depends on what you can get access to yeah um, yeah so i'm just looking at the uh scanning through the article here to see what they talk about in terms of power yeah you can have a and guy standing in the water and holding the, the wire together you know to, to hold the extension cord together yeah, that might be tough, and it is salt water, so it will conduct a little better, right? Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, hey, hey, Rich, thanks so much, man, for uh, sharing it with us. Looking forward to it. My pleasure. And, uh, everybody, and, be uh, sure and be sure and get your calendar there. You know. Yeah, I can't wait for to see what's on your Christmas list. I mean, I've been buying up my Christmas stuff left and right, but I want to see if there's anything I missed. All right. All right. Ready. So, hey, uh, let me mention, and I told the guys I would do this, the Ham Fest coming up in uh, Crowley's Ridge. That's probably not within striking range of most people that are watching the show here, but we do have a few people around, uh, close enough they may attend. I know a lot of people from Missouri will attend and Arkansas, uh, maybe a few from Tennessee. Uh, That's the Crowley's Ridge Amateur Radio Club, second annual Swap Fest, Saturday, October 29th. From 8 to 12. They've got a nice facility there. I forget what the facility is. I can't read the fine print here. Maybe you can there. Uh, it's in a it's in some type municipal building, I think. I don't know if it's something like the the guard or something. I don't know. But uh, they got This is the Truman Sports Complex. Okay. In Truman, Arkansas. Yeah, they've got, uh, you know, it's, you know, if it's raining or whatever, you're inside, and uh, it's uh, it's a fairly nice deal. We went last year. Uh, Glenn sold a lot of stuff last year, or he carried a lot of stuff. I don't know how much he sold, but... Uh, I didn't really sell a whole lot, but, uh, you know, between that and the subsequent ham fest, I got enough to buy the, 
uh, FT101. So yeah, I got I sold stuff. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, and it was small. Uh, they feel like it's going to be bigger this year. Uh, it takes several years for a word to get out and, you know, uh, new people to, to start attending. So you're thinking the attendance is going to be uh, uh, bigger this year? Uh, and I'm thinking about going up there. It's only about an hour drive from uh, my home, so I'm going to go. I wish Glenn was going, but he's, uh, he's saying he's going to have to work on his book. Yeah, I'm starting to fall behind, so I need to spend every minute i can working on that and get it done by christmas yeah speaking of this weekend uh-huh. um if you can't go to that ham fest you should get on the radio for the cq worldwide dx contest single Ooh. sideband weekend oh uh, there you go weekend. all right um starts at uh, zero utc saturday which for most of us is friday night and uh runs through 2359 on sunday and uh you can work the world mo- many times over propagation is hot, hot, hot. yeah you know it would yes. be uh i'm not a real i'm not a contester myself but i do like picking up new countries and things like that and it'd be an opportunity to there's gonna be plenty of people on in a lot of new places so uh, yeah i think you know yeah. the expeditions are, are going to be back in business this year so uh mm-hmm. you're going to have an opportunity to work some remote places and so yeah even if you're not in it for the competition then, uh, but if you enjoy DXing and, and working far off places and unusual places, it's a great opportunity for you. One of the things I always love with our contests is being able to watch propagation yes. and, and to be on door, you know, over the course of the day and you watch as, as the, the band opens up to say Europe in the morning or, and then, shifts across and then then midday you're working south you're working the center and then by the evening you're working over to the west coast from here and uh, into the pacific it just gives you the opportunity to really visualize what is going on in the ionosphere and how your signals are traveling and that's that's one of the things that i've always loved about the contest is that opportunity to learn and, and visualize where your signals are going. Yeah, and I, I want to second that. Uh, one of my favorite contests is the WPX sideband contest. And let me tell you, you can work just so many states and countries during that contest. I mean, you can get almost everything. Well, so. at least uh, you are here in new places now. There may be some congestion. You may have to try kind of hard and multiple times to get through, but... That's the fun of it, you know. That's the fun. The contact, yeah. And, you know, learning strategy and, and listening for how the station is, is responding to calls and yep. figuring out the way to get your call in there, especially if you're not a big gun. Most of us aren't. Um, you know, I've, I've got a 100 watts and a vertical antenna, and uh, I'm certainly not a big gun on, on a contest, but uh, I managed to make my share of contacts. Mm-hmm. and uh, have fun doing it yep. yeah i think the only time i've run more than 100 watts was when i was over at tom's place uh, a couple months back i told you we shouldn't run 8,000 watts but no you had to crank it up <laughs> well it was there oh yeah yeah you know i mean if so, the fcc ever finds out about that man well, by the way the that was kw5gp no the no way. we we used your call <laughs> <laughs> 
8,250 8, watts, I think, is yeah. what it yeah, was. Yeah, the call was W5KUB. That was Glenn. Glenn Popeil. <laughs> if you're, anybody out there is listening. All right. You just, just don't tell anybody about it. That's oh, right. That's well, nobody, right. Hey, yeah. nobody watches the show anyway, so you're okay, uh, yeah. man. Nobody will find out. You're, yeah, nobody will find out, you know. Hey, now they may hear it on a short wave, though, you know. Yeah. Yeah, we better. I'll, I'll try to beep that out on the short wave show. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, we don't want that going out, man. All right. Well, hey, oh, man, I have been working like crazy the last couple of days trying to meet a deadline. I've got a deadline of about. Three or four more days here to get our trackers over to Todd uh, McKinney, uh, KN4TPG, who is going to take them down to Antarctica and launch them for us. So uh, if you haven't heard, we're going to have two flights launched uh, from Antarctica, uh, I would guess probably within the next 30 days. Uh, he's going to go down on, uh, he's going to go down, I think November 6th, and uh, he'll start launching then. So Looking, at, we're really excited about that. Uh, uh, man, I was packaging one up today, testing it, and it, it wasn't working. And I, I, I had to do surgery, and I dug into it. I can't, still don't know why it's not transmitting. So I'm going to have to replace the entire tracker on the uh, the payload here. But we'll uh, we'll get that done uh, by Thursday, and we'll get it off to him. So uh, we'll be sending everything down here. You know, there's a lot of interest in ballooning now between uh, various different colleges, too. Um, I worked last year with uh, the University of Oklahoma. Uh, they contacted me, and I helped them with some of their uh, aerospace uh, uh, ballooning people on some projects they had. And, and uh, just this week, uh, Worcester, uh, I think that's New York. It's a college in New York. It's a technical college. Uh, contacted me, and they're wanting to do some high-altitude balloon stuff. And... Uh, uh, they were kind of searching my mind and asking questions, so uh, I tried to help them out a little bit, too. So uh, a lot of people are getting involved into this. Uh, uh, the guy contacted me, just got his tech license, I think, this week. Uh, uh, he saw that uh, having his license was going to be a benefit to this balloon launch and that they really needed that license. So, you know, the ballooning is starting to bring people into ham radio, too, that... Uh, uh, you know, to get their license. Um, you know, uh, hey, uh, Rich mentioned six meters and using a, a Wyndham, I think, on six meters earlier. And, you know, uh, man, it don't take much antenna for six meters. That band is called a magic band, and it it is it's magic, believe me. And I, I remember in early 1960s, that was my favorite band, six meters a.m., and uh, uh, I don't have a six-meter beam or anything up here, but I've I even do. got a 40-meter delta loop that will uh, actually operate, you know, uh, uh, 40, 20, 10, and 6. If you look at the the match and the SWR on 6, it's just really great. But it doesn't take much to put a uh, – uh, and, and, and these uh, off-center feds, I think they go like 80 through 6 meters. And, uh, you know, it didn't take much to get a six-meter antenna up. Uh, just, a, 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 just a plate old six-meter dipole uh, mm -hmm. is something that you could throw up in a tree, pull it up with a rope, and you, you're on the air. And, again, when that band opens up, uh, it is clear, and it is a lot of fun. And, uh, um, 
you will uh, you'll you'll talk to people all over the country, and you'll you'll work DX on it too. Oh yeah, it's one of my favorites. Uh, I've got the cobweb, uh, the MFJ cobweb that'll go up to six meters, and I've got a three element beam. And like Rich was saying with the HF propagation, whenever you have a six meter opening start in Europe, you pretty much have a good idea it may make it stateside, and you can literally track that opening as it moves across the country and those are some of the most fun evenings that i've ever had mm-hmm. yeah i had I, I, that hey that's the most fun i've ever had was on six meters uh as a as a holding both the novice and tech license at the same time back in uh, 1964 man mm-hmm. and uh it was uh it was just a great great band here one of my most interesting propagation experiences also on six meters it was, I think, what you call spotlight propagation. Um, there was an opening from here to Europe, and it was, but it was just to very specific areas like Denmark and Poland, mm-hmm. the, the the Baltic areas there, and it was that was it. And I, I heard stations down in Florida working Spain and Portugal, but I couldn't hear those stations, and the stations down in Florida couldn't hear the. Mm-hmm. stations in in the baltic area but i was able to work them it was you know just i i love propagation the whole the, oh yeah that yeah. we that we don't really understand it is is the best part of it and it's just always fascinating and and always a learning experience yeah you just don't know what you're going to get sometimes yeah well there's so and you, you, you know i'm seeing predict people. you can guess yeah. but there's always going to be surprises Absolutely, and I mean, there's people that uh, that you know, even when the band's not open, you think it's not open. There's people running digital modes, FT8 and stuff like that on it. And they're making contacts on it all the time, man. So, well, then you got the meteor scatter as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, all right. Well, get on six meters, guys. It's a lot of fun. Um, let's see. Uh, I was mentioning right here our our. Our launch coming up. Our launch coming up. Uh, uh, W5KB114 and 115 uh, will be launched uh, probably mid November, and mid November is coming here really soon. Next week is November, so mid November is going to be here pretty soon, and uh, uh, we'll uh, try to get those in the air, and we'll build up uh, a neat web page so you can follow those uh, as as they fly down here. Let's see what's going on here. Um, let me look here, give you an update right here real quick on where our 112 and 113 is. If you look right over uh, Algeria, yeah, over Algeria, W5KB113 uh, is flying. Actually, this it hadn't woke up today yet, so it's going to be east there probably a few hundred miles. It, it may be... Uh, it, it, it's going to be out of Algeria there to the east. So, uh, that one is flying today. If you look up here at the top for, uh, W5KB112, it's been showing the same place for the last past week. Uh, it has traveled on up, uh, north into the, uh, into the Arctic and the sun the the highest sun up there is probably anywhere from eight degrees to twenty 
12 degrees. It's very low, kind of like twilight up here. So we're not getting any transmissions from there. That could, we're not going to hear from uh, 112 there until it comes down out of the Arctic. And uh, I look every day to see if it's uh, shown, showing back up. But uh, maybe in the next week or so, uh, it will show up. And who knows, it could, it could show up uh, over Canada. It could show up over Greenland. Uh, uh, it could be coming down in Europe. We don't know where it is right now. It's just up there in the dark. Uh, uh, but uh, you can you can follow the balloons on our website at w5kub.com. Click on balloons, and uh, we've got that set up where you can look at them with various different ways. And we have some video and some uh, uh, some um, pictures of, and and information about about the uh, the balloons and, and the launch there. Let's see what else is going on here. Um, well, Norm is wanting to know what ants are going to be on 114 and 115. You say the ants are? Well, right now, Huey, Dewey, and Louie, Huey, Dewey, and Louie are on 112, and they, they're out of sight. They may, not, they may not get down. So, and then on 113, we got, we got Larry, Daryl, and his other brother, Daryl, flying that one. So, I don't know. I don't know exactly. We haven't named the crew yet for 113 and 114. I mean, 114 and 115. Yeah, so. right now they're all in their ice survival training, and the ones that make it are the ones we're going to be sending up. Yeah. So, so uh, guys in the chat room here, if you have any ideas for uh, crew names, and we could go with a two-person crew or a three-person crew. If you got any great names for uh, uh, a crew for, uh, for 114 and 115, uh, please let us know uh, because – we don't know that our other crews are going to be down yet, and uh, they're still flying. In fact, um, in fact, uh, the balloon is doing very well. If we look at, uh, yeah, if we look at this, um, one twelve has been up now 136 days, 11 hours and 44 minutes. Uh, it is, uh, it is really hanging in there at at about 47,000 feet. Uh, been solid. It started out about fifty-one thousand, but it has held. Uh, it's held its altitude very well. And then um, uh, one thirteen was just launched nineteen days ago, and that's a one nineteen heavy. Uh, we put extra cells, and we had a, a hundred watt PA, hundred milliwatt PA on it. It's heavy, but it's still flying good uh, at nineteen days. So uh, we uh, we hope it stays up one hundred and thirty-six days. Just like the other one did. Yeah, All that's right. really uh, impressive for those little balloons that you're using. Yeah, yeah. The balloons uh, actually have been a game changer. Hey, there's a good name right there. We got, well, we got Ronnie, Ronnie, Donnie, and Lonnie. That might be good. And we also have Larry, Moe, and Curly. Now, you think Larry, Moe, and Curly could pass the strenuous test that we give these guys i mean oh i think they could pass i didn't you know well you think they have the mental capability to fly a balloon around the world that remains to be seen let me i'm gonna write those names down because those those are good names we got yeah. uh, ronnie yeah w d8 iol's got a good idea we need to get some lady ants recruited for these yeah. missions ronnie donnie yeah, Laverne and, uh, and Shirley. And Lonnie, right, yeah. Yeah, that's good. 
And then, of course, we got the Larry Curley. Curley and Moe. Those will be good, too. All right. Anybody else to see? Larry Darrell and my other brother, Darrell. Now, hey, Larry Darrell... Larry Darrell and my other brother Darrell are flying right now. They're on, they're on flight one four. They're on flight one thirteen. They've been up for nineteen days. Um, what about Groucho, Harpo, and Zippo? Oh, there you go. Well, you uh, go. maybe Groucho, Marco, and Harpo. Yeah, there may be some people in the chat room who don't even know who those people are. <laughs> yeah. Can't believe you guys didn't know Alan Freed. Man, can't believe it. It still bothers me. <laughs> I might have to send you out to a remedial A remedial, remedial history uh school if you guys continue on the show here because you need to be up on world things. <laughs> All right. Uh let's see. Mork and Mindy. Ebbs and Costello. Okay. Yeah. Okay, we got some names. Uh, We'll probably have a crew ready to go then. Yeah, we can go uh, with three blind mice (laughs) instead of ants. Yeah. Of course, you know, hey, hey, these ants, for the next two flights, they have been in training for the last six months. It's just that we don't use their real names because, you know, with the skills that these ants obtain, all these various countries are wanting them, and they they could be kidnapped, uh, anything, you know. So, uh, so they'll have uh, they'll have fictitious they'll have fictitious names here just to protect them, you know. But they they have been training. Wizard and Dorothy, Jack Tripper, and Ralph. Ralph Furley, yeah, that was from Three's Company. That was what? Oh, three. That was yeah, from yeah, three's, yeah. Three's company. company. Three's company. Well, 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 we need to put the girl in there too. Well, uh, what was her name? Oh, you've got uh, Suzanne Summers. Yeah, but uh, I mean the name of the show. Oh, her name was Chrissy. Yeah, Chrissy. Yeah. All right. Yeah, all right. Well, hey, we may have, we may have a uh, a female aunt on on one of these flights. I don't know. We can do it. We can do it. All right. Hey guys. Uh, I have been uh, a builder and a home brewer for like 60 years or longer. That's kind of what I like doing. I don't hardly operate very much, but I build stuff and I experiment and I I play with stuff. And uh, I'd like to get a segment started on a show about home brewing things. And uh, I need help because I can't do it every week. Uh, and I'd like to have help anybody on, that could come on come on with a project that they have worked on or built or done. Uh, I'd love to have you join us, and we'll uh, show your project and talk about it. And uh, I would surely be able to talk about it. I just wouldn't be the one that built it or designed it. But uh, be thinking about that. Would like to hear what. Um, uh, what you'd like to see as far as, uh, you know, uh, homebrew projects. It could be anything from, uh, you know, antennas are simple to build and they're fun to build. And, uh, they, you know, you have a lot of fun trying different antennas. I, I, have, I, have, I have a bunch of antennas 
uh, out back. They're all homebrew. Uh, they go from uh, uh, extended double zeps to uh, delta loops to off-center fed to um, uh, fan dipoles to verticals, three-eighths wave vertical, a five-eighths wave ver or half-way vertical. Got all that stuff out there, and it's so easy to uh, to construct and build, and uh, you really get enjoyment out of that. So it can be about antennas, you know, uh, or it can be other other projects. Whether you 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 know build a simple uh, antenna tuner, an, uh, an LC antenna tuner, with just a capacitor and a and a and a inductor, you know, and uh, that's what I'd like to uh, I'd like to try to start talking about some things like that in the show. HF bandpass filter, we could do that. Yeah, get uh, Martin on here to talk about those. Uh, yeah, yeah. And Martin uh, Martin has said that he'd be glad to come on the show. Uh, he uh, uh, I think he'd be a great guy to have on, and we could talk about things like bandpass filters and so forth. I don't know if MFJ sells any bandpass filters, but. A bandpass filter would be relatively easy to um, to construct. I mean, there's not much in it. You just got to get the right values in there, you know, to make it do what you want to do. So, uh, yeah. If I remember correctly, a bandpass filter was the first item that Martin built and launched the company with. You I don't, believe you're correct. You know, I think I think it was. I, I was thinking more on an RF level. I think his was an audio. This was audio. Uh, yeah. Bandpass filter, but you're right. Uh, Martin would be a good person to talk about bandpass filters. So uh, they all would be the same, whether they're, you know, uh, audio or, or uh, uh, RF and so forth. I get Martin on here. Maybe maybe uh, next week or the week after, uh, we'll get Martin on here and we'll talk about some bandpass filters and we'll throw some simple designs up and talk about how easy to build it. Let me say one thing. I say uh, we'll, the show will be on next week. I think it's next week. I haven't looked at the calendar. The week after is election night, I think, uh, in two weeks, if I'm not mistaken. We probably will not have a show on election night. Um, we pull so many people in our show. The White House has asked us to try to, you know, to postpone our show uh, on election night uh, to help. You know, people be able to yeah, go. Yeah, we don't. We want. We don't want to steal all the ratings from the other news companies. Yeah, you know, it would allow it would allow more people to go and vote um, instead of staying home watching our show. So we probably will cancel our show on election night, and that would give Glenn and me uh, a chance to have a week off and rest. Now, and, uh, uh, while you're talking about all this building, let me tell you about some of the things I'm starting to play with. Um, I have discovered the e-ink displays, and I have been kind of watching and researching them for a little while. And uh, I was sitting in a Dr. Duino seminar that he was doing on the e-ink displays, and I have fallen in love with those things. Super low power. They retain their display when the power is turned off. Uh, it's a really, really cool technology, and I'm going to be starting to, to work with those here real soon. Well, that'd be cool. Maybe you can talk about some of those things on the show here. Yeah. You know, digital modes. You know, hey, uh, uh, hey, our friend there, Tim, WB8HRO, he's asking about digital modes. You know, I'm not a digital person. I did try some FT8 last year just to see what all the fuss was about, and it's kind of neat, you know. It kind of made some contacts, and, uh, you know, that's kind of cool. FT8 to make a contact, 
where you probably couldn't make one on voice. You know, it's just, yeah. you know, it's just, you got hey, you don't even need an antenna. Just hook a light bulb up and set it in a window and you'll make a contact with FTA. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but, but, you know, we can still do that. We just need somebody that's energetic and can talk about the digital modes. Maybe it's you, Glenn. I don't know. Maybe it's somebody, one of our viewers. Actually, I'm, I'm, I haven't worked them very much. You know, I, I did build the JT65 transceiver yep. several years ago. So I'm very familiar with JT65, but I haven't been able to keep up with some of the, the FT8, the FT4s and, and stuff like that. That's all on my list of things to do. But there you go. Brett's offering to do digital modes for us. Okay. That would be good. And we can get Brett, uh, WY7BG, and uh, he can talk one night about digital modes. So we'll just bring him on the show and... Hey, he can be the digital modes guru for the show. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Look at there, Brett. You volunteered, and now you're stuck with it, man. You're now yeah. the, the amateur radio roundtable like digital the guru. You volunteer or we volunteer you. We will pay him just like we pay Glenn and others. We'll, you, yeah. we'll, we'll start you out at the same rate. You know, we, we're equal here, equal opportunity here as far as pay. Well, that's great. You know, any any know, other, you know, any other questions? Uh, let's see. Uh, I mean, you started me out where I had to pay you $20 a show. Yeah. Uh, I, I am, uh, I am big, uh, single paddle keer. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, uh, yeah. You know, uh, when I was, uh, got my novice license in the sixties, I built a keer. It was one in the handbook. And uh, believe it or not, it was a tube. It had a tube in it. I think it was something like a 12A uh, a T7 or 12AU7. You know, it had a nine-pin little tube in it. And man, the transformer I used this thing, I think, came out of a TV. The transformer must have weighed yep. probably about about 10 pounds. And uh, you know, hey, it had a weight control and speed control, and it was a keyer, just like you know you, you would buy from from somebody. Now. Of course, today they're much easier, or I, I'll say much simpler, probably to build. They're all you know solid state now, and there's probably a lot of uh, uh, plans out there to build them. Uh, but but most rigs now have keyers built in them. I'm, I'm guessing don't don't most uh, Glenn. What do you think? Don't most new new rigs have a a keyer? Yeah, built most in? most of the modern rigs have a keyer built in. Yeah, you know, I'm trying to think back to like my my TS uh, 2000 and even my 570. Uh, it does not have a keyer in it, but right. all the yeah. new ICOM stuff and 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 Yezu has a uh, a keyer built in it. Let's see. Oh, let's see. Yeah, that's yeah. another one. Uh, Windlink there. That's almost a whole separate animal all by itself. Yeah, I I mean, I don't even understand the Winlink. I know it's email across ham radio somehow, but gee, man, I mean, yeah. Well, it's starting to make its inroads into the uh, the emergency communications aspect. It's becoming the, the staple for MCOM stuff. So finding somebody for uh, Winlink might be pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's, uh, how's the... Uh the uh, ham radio uh, Wi-Fi linking stuff going, Glenn. I hadn't heard much about that lately. Uh, it's pretty much uh, focused now down to the AREDN 
um, model and, and setup. So um, those are pretty much where everybody's gravitated to. And uh, they're still going strong. You know, they're doing their MCOM as well. Yeah. Well, hey, I was pleasantly surprised with uh, um, Xfinity today. I got an email where they uh, have just upped my speed again. Lynn, now uh, they're, well, I got like 800 and 880 megs up, uh, uh, down, 880 down, and a whopping 20 up. You're better than me. I think I've got 20 down and five up. Yeah. But I'm in Mississippi, you know. So, well, yeah, I mean, it, yeah. It, it takes about 10 years for the bits in Tennessee to cross that state line and get down to me. You know, we don't really have any real other alternative here unless some of the uh, – uh, 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 telephone carriers now you know there are a lot of telephone carriers are advertising internet you know the 5g and stuff and yeah, i think my cell phone's got faster internet than yeah, my house internet yeah so you know but we don't have any other real alternatives here i mean at&t no. doesn't have anything uh i mean you know we're just lucky to have the the comcast uh, xfinity cable here I, I I'm wish. pretty much the same. I've got AT&T and I've got Comcast, and I think those are my two choices. Yeah, I would love to uh, get on some fiber or something, you know, but, you know, they advertise, you know, hey, we got fiber now, but when you put your address in, uh, it's like, you know, nearest, I, nearest, I one's, know like, nearest one's 500 miles away. No, I know for a fact that there's gigabit <laughs> fiber one street over that runs down to the school, but yeah. they never put in the uh, the taps for the residential areas yeah you know you get you a couple little ubiquity things here you, yeah i can you just go, sneak in there and splice their fiber it, and tap into yeah. it over there and, and put you a deal up at your house and mm -hmm. you know you can get it here yeah do you promise to bring me a file and a cake yeah yeah we'll put, we'll put that in here let's see <laughs> uh let's see chuck said he got the same email 600 800 yeah that's the email i got uh, yeah. And then there's also Starlink. But I, I would tell you, he's you know he he did yeah. Well, Starlink, you know, Starlink's about a hundred dollars a month, and it, it's not great. We got some friends that got Starlink over uh, in North Carolina. They're out on a, uh, a lake. They live in a houseboat, and they put Starlink in because over there in the mountains, there's no internet for anybody basically. Uh, and I think they're getting like on Starlink. I think they're getting like 20 megs down or something, but that was blazing fast for what they used to have. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, let's see. Somebody said, uh, let's see. Yeah, Chuck was talking about, yeah, the speed there. You know, hey, I checked. Here's the deal. I checked uh, the speed on when I got that email. I checked my speed with... Uh, uh, speedtest.net and man it took off wow man about three four hundred but then it just kept coming back come back you know it ended up about 190 you know i'm thinking oh this is just not great 190 so i went to the other uh, uh speed test which is speakeasy.net speakeasy.net and ran it on there and it showed a true 800 meg download so, speedtest.net showed about 180, 190. Speakeasy.net showed almost 800. And that was going to the same location in Memphis. So, uh, I don't know. 
I don't know, you know. Well, it all depends. Uh, you know, some of the speed test sites don't have that gigabit connection. So yeah. you're kind of limited by what they have, and they haven't updated their network yeah. yet. So, yeah. you know, th those speed tests are kind of a relative thing, and you just kind of hunt around to find the best one. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Yeah, that's just what Brett is saying. They're not really reliable. Uh, I was checking the chat room out here. They got some interesting comments in there. And I don't know if you've ever put a cutting torch to uh, fiber, but it's a little messy. Cutting torch to fiber? Yeah. Yeah, and that, Tim was talking about having somebody from Air Force Mars. That's oh. a little bit out of my expertise. But. Uh, yeah, I was in Army Mars for a number of years, but uh, I, I finally got out of that. Uh, let's see. You know, I have worked in their, uh, that cross-band. Um, Woo, look at here. Look at there, man. Chuck, WA7JOS. Google Fiber will be there Monday. One gig up and down, seventy bucks, man. That man, that that's a good price for 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 gig yeah, service. How do man. I how do I get in on that act? Google Fiber, man. I'm a I'm a I'm a contact Google Fiber. I'm gonna tell them we got the we got the hottest show in the world here on the internet, and it, we need it. And yeah. they, they need to do that for us since we have the hottest show. Now, I'm not you know not gonna really let them know that. Hot meaning it's like 103 degrees in here, but yeah, we got the hottest show, so we we really need that uh, gig gig fiber in here. I'm gonna call it Google. Yeah, unfortunately, that's in Salt Lake City, so that's kind of a little bit far for us. Yeah, and there's there's Chris down here, down even down in Texas. He's getting fiber for 50 a month. Oh, Grande, yeah. Grande, yeah, that's that. Uh, you know, fiber that crosses the border, I think. Grande. That sounds like. Sounds like they get it from Taco Bell. Yeah. Sounds sounds like it's coming from Mexico. Grande internet, man. All but right. heck, for 50 bucks a month, that ain't bad at all. Yeah. Yeah. I bet. He said Austin had AT&T. They were gig there for 70 a month. I don't know. I guess they're paying too, we're paying too much here. But we don't yeah, have we an are. alternative, man. Okay. Well, particularly like in my neighborhood, you know, everything's, you know, already been buried or in the place. So they'd have to completely rewire the whole area. Yeah. Hey, we're going to open the phones in just a minute. We've, uh, we've been talking here about an hour. Uh, I, I did want to get some participation uh, from, uh, from our viewers out there and, and hear their comments and, and so forth instead of having to read it here in the, uh, in the chat room. So. Everybody just stand by a minute, and I'm going to open the phone lines when we come back, and we will uh, uh, we'll continue with the show after the show. So stand by. LDG Electronics provides state-of-the-art antenna tuners for every amateur need. From QRP to QRO, fixed stations, portable and remote, an LDG tuner will match your radio to your antenna using our lightning-fast proprietary tuning algorithms. LDG is a family-owned and operated company dedicated to bringing innovative, quality products to the amateur market. All LDG products carry a full two-year warranty that is fully transferable. Support is only a phone call or email away. We're always here to help you. 
Visit us on the web at ldgelectronics.com. Keep your competitive contesting edge with ICOM. ICOM's high-powered base stations cut through the pileups, letting you work the bands and record those contacts. Contest from the comfort of your home or remotely with the RS-BA1 app. The IC7851 gives you a new window into the RF world and is HF excellence unparalleled with faster processors, higher input gain, higher display resolution, and a cleaner signal. It is truly the pinnacle of HF perfection. It has dual receivers, digital IF filters, high resolution spectrum waterfall. The IC7610 is a direct sampling software defined radio that has changed the world's definition of an SDR transceiver. Features include RF direct sampling, 110 dB RMDR, independent dual receivers. Create your own band opening with the IC9700. This transceiver brings direct sampling to the UHF VHF weak signal world. This all mode transceiver is loaded with innovative features that are sure to keep you very busy. It has fast processors, higher input gain, higher display resolution, and a cleaner signal. Included are real-time high-speed spectrum scope and waterfall display, smooth satellite operation with 99 satellite channels, dual watch operation, and full duplex operation in satellite mode. The IC7300 is the high-performance innovative HF transceiver with a compact design, and it will far exceed your expectations. This innovative HF transceiver digitizes RF before various receiver stages, reducing inherent noise in different IF stages. The IC7300 changed the way entry-level HF is designed. Features include RF direct sampling, 15 discrete bandpass filters, a large 4.3-inch color touchscreen, real-time spectrum scope. For more information on ICOM radios, visit www.icomamerica.com amateur. All right, we, we're back. Let me turn the echo off here. There we go. All right. So, hey, uh... Guys, if you're out there listening on WBCQ on shortwave, you've been listening to a discussion here uh, with a bunch of ham radio operators, amateur radio operators, and uh, we uh, would like to hear from you. If you're listening out there on shortwave, we were all, many of us were shortwave listeners when we got interested in radio, and uh, uh, if you're out there listening on WBCQ right now, shoot us an email to tom at w5kub.com, tom at W5KB.com. We'd love to hear from you. Send us a send us an email. And let's see what else we got here. Uh, hey, join our Facebook group. It's uh, W5KUB. We got about thirteen thousand hams in that Facebook group. Uh, and uh, we'd love to uh, love you have, have you in the in the group here with us. Uh, I just posted. Let's see. Let me do this. I'm gonna put the I'm gonna put the Zoom link out. And I, oh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to put the phone number out first. There may be people want to call on the phone. That um, there we go. All right, guys. Hey, if you want to call on a phone, if you don't want to call in on Zoom, this is here are the phone lines. We can take up to a thousand simultaneous people. Our phone number is seven one six four two seven one zero eight three. And you know, it will answer, and you just put in the code 407051 pound sign, and you will be in there with us. Uh, I'll have to watch the screen. I, I've uh, 
uh, so if you if you connect in, don't don't run off if I don't immediately bring you in the show. Um, okay, so let me uh, let me also uh, give you the Zoom again for everybody that wants to call in on Zoom, and um, we can do that. Oh, I'll give you both here, right here on in the chat room. Okay, here we go. I'll even post this in the chat room, both the phone and, um, there we go, there we go, that'll help right there. All right, let's see if we can get anybody in here to uh, to, to uh, um, continue the show with. Again, folks, uh, uh, Amateur Radio Roundtable, we kind of shut it down, and we're in the, the, the second phase of the show tonight. It's called After the Show Show. Uh, this way, you don't have to sit there for two hours. The show is an hour long. And then we have After the Show Show, which sometimes this is where all the fun is. After the Show Show, Amateur Radio Roundtable. Um, and this will go on for about one hour here. We've, we've got a two-hour time slot on shortwave, and uh, we'll be here for the next one hour. All right. Who's going to be the first person that calls in? Let's see what we got here. If you don't want to hear the music, you better call in. All right, I'll put it down kind of low right there. Glenn, if you hear the music, stop, yell. Did you say something, Glenn? Your mic is muted. Is your mic muted? My mic is muted. Yeah, they need to come up with some better music there. Yeah, yeah, I wish I could change that music somehow, but I don't I don't know if I can. I don't think I can. All right. Well, hey, uh, let's see what we got going here. Uh, all right. Well, we talked about a lot of things tonight. Uh, we did an update on our balloons, uh, six meters, uh, CQ magazine, Antarctica trip. Boy, a lot's going on right here. I know the next couple of days I'm going to be really, really busy trying to get these trackers working and get them FedExed out of here down to uh, Todd. And then, once that happens, it's out of my hands. Todd's going to launch them down there. And uh, and now I'll be free to kind of maybe start a different project. Uh, one, of the, uh, one of the projects I'm working on is, is building and trying to improve a little milliwatt uh, power amplifier that we were running on the trackers and that's a lot of fun looking at it on the spectrum analyzer and and you know picking out uh, the various uh, components to uh, to build it and it, there's only about five or six components in in the entire uh, pa system you got a mosfet transistor and you got a you got a blocking um, um, a capacitor on the input and one on the output and uh, you got two resistors and basically that's the entire amplifier so uh, pretty simple to build yeah that's that's really amazing you know getting that 10 milliwatts out of that thing just from solar cells okay all right I saw Charlie down in Uruguay in yeah, the chat he room in but I think he had to pop oh, out. Oh, did he, did he leave us? Okay. I think so, yeah. Uh, all right. 
Well, look, depending on uh, depending on participation or precipitation, whichever one we have tonight, we may not be here very long, guys. If uh, you know you want to talk, uh, here's your chance to uh, connect with us. Did I hear somebody? No, I didn't hear anybody. Nope. Still hearing music. Yeah, we got. Uh, Who's that? That is Norm. There we go. We'll get Norm in here. The the the, the font's so small on my uh, on my Zoom, and it's about six feet away from me. It's hard to uh, hard to read here. Up oh, there's somebody. There's Norm. Yeah, there's Norm there. All right. So let me change this. Hello, Norm. How you doing, Norm? Can you hear me? still connecting to the audience. Is it still connecting? All right, guys, you can dial that phone number right there, or you can click on the Zoom link, and I just pasted it in here. I'll do it again in case uh, you need it here. There we go. Now you need to unmute, Norm. Unmute your microphone. There you go. You you got it. Let me uh, let me see if I can move this. I am. Yeah, Norm, you need to mute the audio on the show. Go to the go to the video player of the show and mute that audio so we don't hear feedback. Yeah, you need to. I am. Okay. I think you'll get it. Yeah. I had it on the YouTube on my large television in the background. Oh, okay. Ah, Okay, cool. Hey, Norm, where are you? I am in Harvard, Illinois. Illinois. All right, man. Very good. Well, yes, I have attended a couple of the ham fests with you. Tom, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, okay. Did did uh, were you at uh, Xenia this year? Did you? No, you didn't make it up here. Okay. No, I uh, I have uh, lost sight in one of my eyes, so I don't drive. Oh, okay. So I'm kind of confined. <laughs> I tell you, man. Hey, it's getting where I don't know. I'm starting to get a little worried about my nighttime driving. I, you know, I, I'm starting to see uh, starburst and you know, and lights, yeah. and uh, that's starting to concern me a little bit. Uh, it's not real bad, but you know, I don't, I don't like seeing that. Oh man! Well, I guess I could get that fixed. I could go somewhere and lay down, and they could shoot that laser in my eyes and all that. But I, you know, hey, man, I, I'm afraid of that kind of stuff, man. One of the one well, of the evenings, I saw that you had mentioned that you were going to be doing a little bit of on-air after the shows. Well, you know, we we did that a couple weeks ago. We did that. And, uh, you know, it was so much static, and it, it, it really wasn't that pleasant, I think, for the show. You know, we did webcast the last hour of our, trying to make some contacts. And we made about 10 or 12 contacts, I guess, of people that were watching the show, but... It was uh, it was like man pulling teeth, man. It was it was hard, it, a lot of static. It yeah. it didn't sound very good, so I felt like that was kind of uh, something that we probably 
Uh, well, I knew that it, I had heard that it was discussed about uh, yeah to choose where to start and see where if anybody could make something go. Yeah, well, you know, and I still love to do that. It's just that probably it's not good for the show just because the quality of different signals. Some people are going to be really scratchy, and you know, you're not going to get through, and some are going to be good. But I would like to. I we used to have a net before the show on 40 meters, and uh, I would call it. And we used to have a lot of people uh, from the group here check in and net before the show, but that takes another two hours of my time before the show, and sometimes I don't have time to get things ready here, so uh, we kind of quit doing that. I've always wanted to have a net, you know, for our group, Amtority Roundtable, and I've asked uh, probably 99 times for any volunteers uh, here that would like to, you know, become part of our team here and maybe call a net. And uh, I'd love to have a net on multiple bands, like on, on, a, on a night, you know. And hey, are the I net control? I just got my little toy radio here that I've had since 86. So uh, yeah, it's, it's seen its better days. Well, but you know what? It's still a lot of fun to operate, though. And a lot of times, you know, uh, you know, the older, lower-power radios sound like an amplifier at, at times, you know, just when the conditions are good. But again, I, I'd, I'd love to have somebody that would like to join a team here and, and call some nets for the show. I would try to check into the nets. I just would not want to run it for an hour. Uh, but... Uh, and then, you know, hey, our net control specialist could kind of report into the show and say, hey, we had 25 check-ins tonight, or we had some new people that joined tonight, or there's some questions came up, or whatever. Uh, but so far, I'm getting no takers on uh, on here. Well, I've never run a net. I wouldn't even know how right now. Well, yeah. you know, there's a, always a lot of time, though. Always a first time, and, uh, you know, uh, if you ran it, it would be your net, and, and it would be like you want it to be. Right. It, you know, it'd be, it'd be your net, and if people don't like it, they can just leave, you know. <laughs> we have our own, you know, we have our own DMR uh, talk group, 31693, 31693 for our show. We've never used it. Uh, that talk group is just sitting over here not being used, so... I wish people would start using our talk group three one six nine three, and uh, uh, that would be that would also be uh, something that we could uh, uh, have a net on right there. Mm -hmm. Or if we could start getting some activity on that, I would just turn it on during the day and leave it on while I'm working back here in the shack. And you know, if anybody wanted to say hello or talk to me, they just go to talk group three one six nine three, and it'd be like an intercom. You know, uh, we'd be here so. That's uh, I need some help, guys. If you got, you know, let's start a, let's start some nets up. Let's let's get three one six nine three talk group going. Okay. All right. Um, oh, let's see. I'm trying to think of. Uh, I had something else to talk about, but I forget. I can't remember what it was. So yeah, a project like, you know, these filters that people use on HF, uh, uh, when they go out in field day, they put these filters on their, on their rigs to, uh, that way they're, they're able to operate, you know, uh, multiple bands out there without interfering too much with each other. And Yeah, uh, that's what we, we actually yeah. use a, a beam and we've got, uh, 
filters for each band. And so yeah. you can actually be running um, 20, 15, and 10 uh, simultaneously on the same uh, beam. And they yeah. don't hurt the transmitters at all. That is that is cool, man. Yeah. Just like a big duplexer and just you put it on there and work all work, work, try band you work three bands on the same beam now you got to be aimed the same place though you can't aim them yeah that's places. the downside we also yeah. uh our club typically runs a 40 meter um metal dipole up in the air and so we've got another filter for it because of the proximity to the beam so we can run four bands on just two runs of coax yeah and it works out really well yep pretty awesome Let's see here. Yeah, we got ours from DX Engineering, I believe. Yeah. Nope, I just got me an old four-band vertical ground plane. Well, hey, that's all it takes. Uh, yeah. You know. I never one, did get up to fix my cobweb this summer. You know, at, 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 at one point in time, I think when I was in the Air Force and I was out in Oklahoma, um, I had my rig with me and... Uh, Hey, I had a uh, high gain uh, 18 AVQ, just a single yep. vertical out in the middle, ground mounted out in the backyard. And hey, we had a water faucet that always dripping. So guess what, man? I put, a, I put a hose on that thing and ran that hose out there, and it always dripped on the antenna ground there, man. <laughs> Made use of it. I had, and you know, it's kind of interesting. You know, out in Oklahoma, all you got is tumbleweed and stuff, you know. And uh, it's kind of neat there around, you know, probably a 10-foot space around a vertical. You might have some green grass, and everywhere else it was brown. <laughs> so if anybody asks me, I say, yep, that's the RF, boy. The RF makes that grass turn green right there. <laughs> yeah, but, Norm, you're talking about rigs. I'm, I've got a Heathkit HW16. I keep working on wanting to refurbish and get it going again yeah well mine consists of an old kenwood ts140 i got a a ubitix uh, version six i also have the spitix oh but, very cool uh, yeah well but, hey that, uh, hey, hey. To me not operating and i can't get a hold of those people so i'm still working on that right. hey that, the ts140 is a nice radio it, it really is a small Compact HF rig. It's a nice radio. Yeah, that was my second one. My first one was an old Swan. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. yeah. Well, with the SBIDX, you're probably going to need to join their Facebook group because they do all their support through there. I am in part of it. I just oh, okay. haven't had an answer yet. Oh, uh, okay. okay. <laughs> What's it doing or not doing? Uh, it powered up, it started up my auto tuner. It went about three seconds and stopped. That was about it. So it actually is transmitting. When you power up, it starts transmitting. No, now it don't even power up. It sounds like something just went straight through the ground. Because oh. it's some, something is just thump, tap, tap, huh. tap, just as the power goes to it. And the dis does, display, does your display light up and show anything? No. Yeah, that almost sounds like your finals blue. Well, yes, that's what I absolutely think. Well, so, yeah, so your best bet would be yeah. to, to unsolder them and see if it'll still power up, and then, you know, go from there. Although I must say, I got another package from Espidix. 
a little package of looks like finals. Ah, uh huh. So there may have been a problem. Probably. So yeah, I I will go back and inquire about that with them. I think I I don't know what that is. I'm guessing it's got that MOSFET, probably that IFR or something. Yeah, five ten or one of those IRF six tens. I 610, believe. Yeah, yeah, that's a real common uh, uh, MOSFET transistor. Yeah. Yeah, they got them. They got them affixed in there pretty good. It's a little bit of a yeah, yeah. They got the heat sink thing. and all that. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Now, uh, so Glenn, are you? Are, are, do you have one of those? Glenn, do you have that? What did you say, Tom? Do you have that same radio that we're talking about? Not me, no. Okay, that's I'm that's the latest and greatest. Oh, okay, I'm trying to think. I I would imagine. I'm guessing that those uh, those MOSFET finals are probably insulated, and uh, you know, with the little uh, insulator behind them, and probably the little nylon bushing that goes in the hole, you know, to. But it might have, it might have slipped. Yeah, and Clifton in the chat room is saying that's a common problem, and that's why they send the extra finals. Ah. Okay. So, so wow, wow, there you go. I didn't dig- know. I didn't no. know they sent extra finals. Yeah. No, they uh, they they came a couple of weeks later in the mail. Oh, okay. I got you. And yeah. I, with no explanation, nothing in it, just the parts, and it looked like a set of finals. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what it is. Yeah. More than likely, that's what it is, and they expect there's some kind of problem. Okay. Well, yeah, okay. I'd, I'd pull those things out, pull them out, and then see if it powers up. And then if it does, then turn it off and slap those new finals in. Yeah. Okay. And I bet you it, it's it's going there. Well, it's the, the way the way it acted, it looked like it. Every, everything acted like the finals just. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just sending it to ground now because the power supply just don't like it. Goodbye. Oh, so that's that, that's that new one uh, with the big display, isn't it? Didn't it have like a four-inch display or something? No, it's this, I have the seven-inch touchscreen. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Yeah, it's got a it big touchscreen. It yeah. was sitting here, and I was setting it up, and everything was working, and then I was tuning in some FT8 and powered it up. It was tuning up my LDG yeah. uh, tuner, and during the process of the tune, it stopped. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty nice. That's got all the software built in, doesn't it, for like digital and so forth? Yes. That that that's really nice, man. We uh we've got well, that. It, it it's in very early development. It's very it was beautiful looking. It was just that I didn't get an opportunity to really operate with it very much. Yeah, Farhan had that on display last year at Dayton. Yeah. In fact, Farhan, I was looking for it right here. Uh, Farhan gave me a flyer that. Uh, for that 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 radio, I thought it, man. I thought that's pretty cool. Yeah, see if I can find it. Really it. Is. I it yeah, right it, it uses the Pi Four, and you you know you got the you hook it up, and it's got the openings in order to if you want to use a second display. I mean, it, it it's got some great features. It's just a matter that yeah, mine croaked on the yeah working part. All right, but you face those things as you do these things. I'm looking here through my stack of stuff. Oh, who's, oh, there's Tim. Yeah, Tim joined us.
for you. But my curiosity is if the finals are that prone to blowing, um, just replacing them, is that going to buy you a more permanent fix or is there an underlying issue that has to be addressed as well? Maybe it's something they addressed with maybe the wrong finals to begin with. That's a possibility. Yeah. I haven't, like I said, uh, I haven't opened it up yet. It's still sitting over here after when I had a sad face on for a few days. Kind of. You know, so. and there may be somebody on the on that forum that may have posted something about the, the finals themselves rather than just responding to yours. It's, it's possible. That may be why they showed up. Yeah, that's a possibility, too. So, anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one that I haven't had my hands on yet. And like I say, with, with the way I am right now, it'll probably be six months to a year before I can start playing with stuff for myself. Yeah, yeah, I've got I've got the previous ones that he did. You know the oh yeah, those are nice. Yeah, um, the first one that came out, they had that resonator in it and the voltage tuning. It, it drifted like crazy, I think. Yeah, but no, when he and went, then to he that, came out uh, and oh, then I put uh, uh, then I put an Arduino in one, a DDS in one, right? To uh, to make it um, you know a VFO, and that worked pretty good. And then uh, Farhan sent me a. Uh, one of the what he came out with the one with the DDS in it, you know. Yeah, the Reduino module. Yeah, yeah, that one. He sent me that. Uh, yeah, that was pretty nice. I like that little radio. Yeah, yeah. I'm not using them. I've, I've got them. Yeah, I've had the Bitix 40 and the uh, Ubitix B5 and 6. Yeah, I think the last one I did was the uh, the V5. I reviewed that one for QST probably about two years ago. I think I've got a video up uh, on W5KUB here with the um, the, uh, the 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 BitX. Let's see, one of the first ones. I had the board. I I had I had the board and the microphone. You know, the little condenser microphone. I had it on a little six-inch piece of wire. And yeah, that was uh, like and the. I, uh, and I had the I had clips on a. I, I clipped my antenna to it, and I got on forty meters. And my very first contact with it wasn't even in a box. The board's just laying out loose. My very first contact was a ZL in in South Africa. And uh, man, he was booming in here. And, Actually, uh, I think that was the Bit X forty, Tom. It might have been the Bit X forty. Bit X forty with a little microphone yeah. element. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. But he, uh, <laughs> that was my first contact. What well, maybe I don't know. The thing wasn't running much power. What was it running? Maybe five, ten watts. I don't know. Yeah, about five watts. And um, uh, here I am talking on sideband on forty meters to South Africa. Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of neat video if you guys. Uh, Check our site out and just search in W5KUB under uh, YouTube for, uh, I don't know, uh, what do you call it? BITX40? BITX40. Yeah, yeah. I think. Or just find search it for BITX. I think you'll find it here. In fact, I'm going to look for it right here. Let's see. I can probably pull it up. Uh, let's see.
Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll have my son set up the camera and I'll try to fix that SPEDX and I'll send you a video. There you go. <laughs> if I can get it to work. Yeah, type well, on the you know, if, it, if you make more keyboard. smoke, we got to see those too. Hey, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> it, it's all part of the learning curve. And, well, that's that's the one thing that I always say is you learn more from failure than you do from success. I know they've always said never let the smoke out, but that's it. Sometimes it escapes anyway. Yeah, that's sneaky stuff. Yeah, doesn't need much. Yeah, but you'd be amazed how much smoke they can put in those little capacitors. Yeah. <laughs> they can contain quite a bit. Yes. <laughs> you see, the thing is, you know, from the era we're from, we had the old uh, the carbon fiber resistors, not the, the metal right. film ones. And, man, when one of those went up, it went up. The thing caught fire and everything. Yeah. All right, guys. I want you to. Uh, I want you to watch Man. this. Let's see. Let me. Uh, uh, let's see. Watch this. Let me stop the phone. Whiskey five kilo uniform Bravo W five kilo uniform. Look at me holding a microphone. Oh, that's correct. That's correct. And uh, we've got a BITX40, a BITX40 board here, probably less than a half a watt. Uh, it's uh, it's amazing. Over. Okay. Uh, thank you, five and nine. I understand your QRP. Your four by four, twenty-four. Okay. Roger, Roger. Thank you very much for the contact. Um, uh, ZS6CCYW5KUB uh, near Memphis, Tennessee. And, and look at there, Glenn. I got my can of WD-40 there if it needed a little bit. <laughs> See that? You know, that's to help the electrons move down the antenna. Yeah, yeah, it was. Let's see. I, uh, let's see. Yeah, grease the skids a little bit. Here's the uh, here's the video that we did with uh, S-meter. We added S-meter to it. Uh, Ron, uh, PA3FAT, uh, has got the VFO software working. And uh, I built a little uh, uh, VFO or audio amplifier board last night to give the Arduino a little bit more signal. But I'm going to show you how the S-meter works. That's where we were. We were adding different things to it. That's where we added the S-meter then. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to tune see if I can find someone else here. Oh, let's see. You know, my first contact was with Africa, uh, South Africa. And then a month later, the only other contact I made with it was South Africa. Yeah. Here, uh... Here's a bit of BITX40. We put it in a little box. That's a uh, that's a ditch TV box right there. I just stripped everything out. 
and let's see what else we got here. There's the uh, dish dish uh, satellite box, and we're adding it in. We got a little speaker in there and a board, and uh, built the power supply. We got the DDS in there. There's ZS again. He, he, he was always in here. Wire. This is Whiskey Five Kilo Uniform Bravo QRP. Yeah, oh, this is Whiskey here. 5, Kilo, Uniform, Bravo, QRP. Whiskey 5, Kilo, Uniform, Bravo, over. Yeah, this is Whiskey 5, Kilo, Uniform, Bravo. Whiskey 5, Kilo, Uniform, Bravo, running about 5 watts. 5 watts, watts with a BITX 30, <coughs> over. That was the second time I worked him. Didn't do quite as good that time, but uh, and we've had Farhan on the show here before. And let's see. Okay. Well, anyway, that was a little, some of our experience with the uh, BITX-40. <clears throat> I, uh, I just continued to telephone. I turned the phone line off because we're not getting anybody calling in, so I just shut the phone line down. You can still join us on, uh, on uh, Zoom if you want to uh, Zoom in. I'll uh, post the link again for Zoom. Just disregard the uh, disregard the phone number. There, okay. Well, Glenn, I hope the sun's shining the next couple of days. It wasn't shining much today. I needed to no, test the solar cells. Rained all day here. Yeah, yeah need, it's start, starting to get cold though too. It was like sixty on the way home from work tonight. So. I think yeah. we're going to be jumping straight from whatever little fall we had into winter here pretty soon. And I tell you, the uh, the the wind we had we had some high wind today. It really brought the leaves down. That and the rain. Uh, uh, I had all the leaves up out of the yard, and now it is covered solid with leaves again. And, and most of the trees in the yard hadn't even started turning yet. I don't know where all the leaves are coming from, but man, They're probably your neighbors. That's where well, mine come from. I got most of the trees here. I, I've got the thing is, I got so many trees that even if one or two shed leaves, that's more than that's more than you should have. You know. Yeah. Well, I don't have a tree on my property, and yet I get about eighteen bags of pine needles and leaves every year. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And then I spend half the spring pine needles, though. Yeah. Then I spent half the spring digging the rest of the leaves out of the pool. Yeah, I have to dig them out of my duck pool every day. Yeah. Well, this year I got lucky, if you want to call it that. I had the pool develop a leak, so I drained it and shut it down while it was getting <clears> fixed. And 
got the net over it before I started refilling it. So hopefully I won't have as many leaves to deal with in the spring. That's always good to have a cover for them. Yeah. You know, I had a pool once. I put in a 40-foot gunite pool, Glenn, over my home in Marion, and it got, we, we were not swimming in it. I mean, had to work on that sucker all the time. Yeah, it's not worth it, and I mean, it, it's real tempting just to fill it in and be done and you with know, it. You know, each each winter, I, I would shut it down, you know, I'd, I'd super shock it and cover it, you know, and but one year, uh, I had to make a trip over to Hong Kong, and it was time to shut the pool down. And I said, I'll do it when I get back. And I came back, and it looked like somebody had poured green paint yep. in it. It was the thickest green water I've ever seen. And I had to run that sucker day and night for about two weeks and super chlorinated. Finally, I got it clean. Finally, got it clean, and then I put the cover on it. Yeah. You know? That's the way, and man, that you know, chemicals are getting expensive these days. Yeah, you know, some of my friends uh, have have saltwater pools. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know how that would be. Um, it's supposed to be really good because the algae won't grow in it. Yeah, and it's just a very mild salt, and it's once you get the system in place, it's much less expensive and more efficient to run than the traditional pools. Yeah, I wouldn't see any problem with that. I I was a from Maine originally. You know, we were always in the ocean. So yeah, yeah, it yeah. makes you more buoyant. If anything, there yeah. you go. Yeah. yeah, well, I don't like salt water in the eyes. You know, that's my problem. You know, I yeah, mean, now I grew up in Miami, and you know, we lived at the beach, but we had a freshwater pool in at the house and i'd much rather swim in the pool yeah you didn't have to worry about the the critters and stuff in the water yeah if you just stay shallow just don't step on the uh, jellyfish that's all yeah that and you know well whenever the blue fish ran that was that was when it kind of got bad because the sharks and everybody had come right up you know at the surf level facing the blue fish oh yeah where we used to catch our mackerel when the Elwes were running. <laughs> mm. That was about sixty years ago. Same here for me. Uh, let's see, it was nineteen seventy. Well, I moved away in like seventy-seven. No, seventy-five, seventy-six. Yeah. I was. Uh, 61. <laughs> yeah, I graduated in 75 and immediately went to work at Pratt Whitney Aircraft Government Research where they did all the engines for the SR-71 and stuff like that. Just pure research. God, that was fun. No wonder that thing leaks. Yeah. <laughs> that they thing leaked you, like a sieve on the ground. They had, they no had you kidding. working on it. That's the reason the thing leaked. Got no a high kidding. school working on it. Yep. Man. Yeah, I got a high school in 72, went right into service. Yeah. No, it was one of those, I you know, just happened to be one of those computer whiz kids, and they offered mm. me that job, and, oh, that was 
some of the most fun I ever did because everything we did was pure prototype, cutting edge <laughs> stuff. That's the fun stuff. Oh, gosh, yeah. For a kid like me, that was the thing to do, man. It was just an absolute blast. And all the stuff they come up with today with all of this compactness is just crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, I got out of school in 66. That was 1966, not 1866, okay? <laughs> I got out in 1966. I was going to say, you know, Lincoln yeah, was just president yeah. right around then, wasn't he? Yeah. The grandkids used to always say, when, they would always kid me about when my birthday was. Uh, I think they would say 1842. They would always did, always do that. <laughs> anyway, I got out in 66. I, I, I attended three years in college until uh, the uh, military started trying to find me. And they finally found me but i told him you know you're not going to get me i'm going to join so i joined and spent well, four, see, you four, didn't four do years. it right yeah I, they I, saw me coming and they canceled the draft well <laughs> well they canceled going, the draft yeah. when i went i i didn't i wasn't a worried about the draft no, yeah i was really looking at the air force really hard and then I said, nah, I was offered that job at like age 19. So I'm like, nope, I'm happy. Let me play yeah. research the rest of my life. As long as it's fulfilling. It was fun. Well, A lot the, of fun. Yeah, the draft was going pretty good back uh, when, they, when I went in. And uh, they had reclassified me as a 1A, meaning that yeah, you're going. That uh, I'm, I'm, I'm there for the taking, you know. So, <laughs> yeah. so you know, hey. You're not getting me. I'm joining. You know, mm-hmm. I wasn't gonna let him do it. So, so I said, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get me in the army for two years. I'm joining for four. Yeah. And then I ended up, I ended up in this gung ho uh, Air Force thing where we had played army for two years. I was in this group for two years. We bloused our pants and we, we'd go out on deployments and we slept in tents and we'd, you know, M16s and we'd guard the perimeter and do telecommunications and all that kind of stuff. So. Uh, so, so I st- they still got me for two years playing army, even though I was in for four. But yeah, hey, it's okay. It's okay. I used to have hey. dreams. I used to used to have dreams that I just did my yeah. little over four years in the navy. That's all. Yeah, I used to have dreams that. I'm supposed to be getting out of the out of the Air Force like next week, and nobody has said anything. You know, have they? You know, have they lost my records? I mean, what's going on here? I used to dream. It's kind of like maybe high school. You you dream about you forgot the combination of your locker. Yeah. You, know, you have that. You have that dream for like you know a year. You know. Or you dream that you went to school <laughs> in your pajamas. And you know, even right now, uh, right, I, I don't know this 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 part of my life right now at, at my age. You know, I, I served uh, I served in Korea in uh, like 1971-72. And uh, every night, basically, when I go to sleep, I'm thinking about. I can tell you what my room looked like over there, where everything was, the color of the walls. I mean, it's just like. It's just kind of like I was right there, right now. I don't know why I'm thinking so much about that now, 
been 50 years, you know, but man. Synapses are triggering. Yeah. 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 I get that too, Tom. You know, I, and uh, <coughs> there's, of course, there's uh, there's Facebook groups on out there now, and there's uh, there's a Facebook group uh, for Osan, Osan Airbase in Korea, and the people that have served there, they're all in this Facebook group, and it's getting kind of hard to find people that served 50 years ago in there. Most of them, you know, were in the 80s or the 90s or whatever. I mean, you know, I'm an old guy, but uh, uh, I found, uh, and I posted a picture, uh, a picture of the, the barracks I was in. Well, when, when I got there, uh, I, uh, I was assigned to the security service, which basically, you know, collected information, I'll put it this way, from North Korea and China, and uh, we flew some drones, but, so we were, our workplace was up on a high hill, and, but the barracks they put me in was all the way on the other side of the base. It wasn't even with all the other people that worked there, and uh, it was an old World War II type barracks, if you know what, what they looked like, you know, the two-story uh, barracks, and uh, I had a picture, and I posted it there, and it had a building number on it, and somebody uh, came back and says, hey, I was in that same, you know, I was in that same building there. I was in room six, uh, and, uh, 73 and 74, and I was there in 71, 72, so we started talking, and, you know, I I, uh, I held a, a Korean uh, call letters, ham call, uh, while I was over there. I, my call was HL9KT, so I had some of my ham gear sent over. And I put a vertical antenna on the roof and um, used that. It was a big old fiberglass antenna, and I put it up on a roof. Now, when I left, they did, they called me one day right before Christmas and said, uh, I, I wasn't supposed to leave until like the first or second week in January. And they called me before Christmas and said, can you get on a plane tomorrow You know, to get out of here? And I said, yep. So uh, I didn't even have time to pack anything, radio gear, anything I'd bought, anything. I left it there uh, for my, my buddies to pack up and send back. So I was wondering if that antenna had been up there for years and years and years. And uh, I'm trying to find somebody that maybe was in that barracks uh, maybe a few years after me that could remember that. And that'd be kind of neat to remember a structure or something that I put up there 50 years ago. So far, I haven't found anybody. Oh, let's see. All right, guys, we are down to about five or six or seven minutes from the end of the show. Uh, if you're out there listening on shortwave, this is Amateur Radio Roundtable, a show about ham radio. You're listening to the last hour, which... Kind of gets into everything. Maybe not ham radio, but we'll talk about anything here. Hey, join our show live. If you've got internet, you can, you can join us on Tuesday nights uh, at um, 9 p.m. Eastern on W5KUB.com. If you're out there internationally, uh, our time is 0100 UTC Wednesdays. 0100. So most of you are sleeping out there, I guess, but... Uh, Hey, all of our shows are recorded. You can still find us on YouTube. Just look 
Search for W5KUB. Yeah, I'm just here watching where my 3D printer is. It's coming in for Christmas. It'll be here oh, like man. Thursday. Well, what's the first thing you're going to print with it? I really don't know. Probably enclosures. I really like yeah. the uh, yeah enclosures. Uh, it, see, this is a really neat one. It's the Snapmaker, and it's actually a laser printer, a CNC machine, <clears throat> and a laser cutter in one platform. Well, that's cool. So I'm going to be cutting me up some Arduino enclosures now are you gonna have to stay and watch it all the time or will uh, any of the cats go over there and paw at it while it's printing well there's the cool part i got the um enclosure for it too so it's fully oh. enclosed and it's got a uh, <laughs> a uh, a connection for the uh, the vent duct so i'll cut a hole in the wall and have it vented directly outside yeah well that's good you got the the enclosure Won't have for any it. fumes to worry about because some of the the laser cutting um, does make toxic fumes. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm going to set up a place for it upstairs and uh, do it that way. Probably can't see that. Let's see. You might be able to read it. Look at there. There you go. Hmm. <laughs> You know, I can't tell much difference if I've got 300 megs down or 800 megs down. I mean, you know, your day-to-day, -day, you know, uh, even if you even if I download big files at 300 megs down, they're pretty fast. Right. So, you know, I don't I don't really see a big difference here, to tell you the truth. <clears throat> yeah, that wasn't yeah. cellular. That was not cellular data. That was my uh that was a um uh, speed test on my, uh, my cable, my cable modem, my Xfinity Comcast is what that was, Mark. Yep, looks like my toys are going to be here Thursday. Well, good, good. You have to show it to us on the show one night, and you have Do to make unpack. something. Make something on a show one night, man. You know. Doing unpacking. Yeah, yeah, there you go. I want you to make. I don't see how it does. I want you to make me a little crescent wrench that really, you know, you little turn a little bar, the little thing in the center. <laughs> I don't know how that does it. How does it do it? <coughs> what do you mean? Prints it? My understanding is you can print a crescent wrench and, you know, the little gear that you can kind of turn, you know, that opens and closes it. That it oh, will, it'll okay. actually You're work. You're talking about a, yeah. It, it, the, it'll, the wrench will actually <coughs> open and close. I don't see how they do that. You got me. I don't know, man. <clears throat> I don't know how they do that. <clears throat> so uh, Clifton says, K8FTH, my wife wonders why I don't throw anything away. I love the repurposed satellite box. Yeah, hey, I don't throw anything away, man. I mean, anything electronic or got wires on it, man, it goes in a closet or in the attic. Uh, I, this is just like an electronic uh, supply store here. You need a part, I, I can probably find it for you. You know, we may have to unsolder it and pull it out of something, but I can find it for you. <clears throat> and my wife hates me about that. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I've started de-hoarding de a little bit. 
and only keeping the stuff that I'm really planning on using now. A lot of the stuff went into bins is out in my tool shed now. Yeah. It's all in boxes up in the attic right now. Well, I over time, I have thrown things away. I, I mentioned them here once before. Um, three or four moves that I made back. I threw away probably 1,000 tubes, glass tubes, in in boxes. They were in there two boxes. Yeah. Most of them were in two boxes. I, I threw away about 1,000. I put them on the curb for the junk guy to pick up. Man, and now... Now people are looking for tubes, you know? Yeah. Oh, they'll kill you for some tubes. Man. Absolutely. I don't think i got anything here has got a tube in it anymore, to tell you the truth. I'm trying to, well, no. Well, I, my amplifier has got tubes in yeah. it. Yeah. I think my HW-16 and the uh, the VFO is the only thing I've got that has tubes in it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have any. <laughs> wow. And Everybody. actually... You know, I was there when they kind of made the transition from tubes to transistors. <clears throat> and for me back then, it was actually easier to design with the tubes than it was for the transistors. Yeah. Figuring out that bias point and everything like that. Yeah. Yeah. I just That was something that I never could really get the hang of was the analog side. I was a digital person. Well, things are changing. I mean, you know, hey, back then with tubes, man, we, you could design a, an audio uh, amplifier stage or something. Maybe you have two or three tubes in it and push-pull and transformers and all this stuff in it, you know, make yeah. the thing really neat. And now you can buy one little chip that does it all. It's yeah, all inside that one little bitty chip right there. Yep. Man, things have well, changed. Well, now they've got the solid state. You know, amplifiers that are good for you know thousand watts. Yeah, yeah, and you know some of these, uh, some of these, I forget what the transistors are. And I was talking to uh, Martin about it the other day. Uh, I've seen uh, demos of, of a thousand watt amplifier, and they'll actually take a screwdriver and they will short out the uh, the antenna connector. They'll short it out or make it open, and it does not hurt the. Moss, the, I, I think they're MOSFETs. It doesn't hurt them. It doesn't damage them. And I was always afraid to get a solid-state amplifier because, you know, as I was growing up, transistors were easy to destroy. But this thing, man, I mean, you can short, you can short it out. You can short it out, and it don't hurt the transistor. Seems to me that would crowbar out right away. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, look, it is time. We've, uh, we're signing off of uh, Shortwave right now. Good night, everybody out there on Shortwave, and we're going to go ahead and terminate the show. Thanks, everybody, for joining us and being with us tonight, and we'll see you next week uh, for the show next week. And uh, really, we're serious. We, we will not have a show on, um, on election night. We're going we're gonna to take a break uh, election night. Send me three to everybody who enjoyed talk to you and uh, we'll see you next week. Thursday's time. Yep. Good night. See you next week. Good night.